Support for our show comes solely from listeners like yourself. If you like what we're doing, help us by sharing the pod on social media and leaving us a five-star review, whether it's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Audible. Thanks again for listening, and without further ado, let's start the show. Um, My name is Abby Lawler. I'm the co-author of Rules to Win By, Power and Participation in Union Negotiations, And I'm sticking with the union because unions are what's going to save our democracy. Hey guys, welcome back to PCTA's Fire Podcast. I'm Brennan Pickett. I am the FEA Director at the Pinellas Classroom Teacher Association. Hey, greetings. I'm Rob Creek. I'm the president here at the Hillsborough Classroom Teachers Association. I'm Philip Del Castro, Fire Co-Chair. I'm Emily Greist. I'm the Fire Co-Chair at HCTA. And we're here with our Hillsborough friends across the bay, a little Tampa Bay collab as always, and we're back with Emily. Good to see you again. Good to see you. And we're going to be talking to the Presidente today, good old Rob Crete. And I've seen this guy talk before at the Governor's Board meetings over in Orlando, and I'm excited to be here with him today, so thanks for coming by. Thanks for coming over here. Yeah. Um, so recently, if you haven't been paying attention to the news, HCTA went into a thing called Impasse, and they won. They won pretty big, and it is awesome. And over in Pinellas, we were jumping around. Like, I'll make a Star Wars reference when the Death Star gets blown up, oh, yeah. right? We were all yeah. jumping around. It was like the Empire came down. A bunch of Ewoks. We were playing drums on Stormtrooper helmets. <laughs> love it. I love it. <laughs> so, Rob, I was wondering if you can get into who you are. Uh, what's your background? How'd you get into union st- stuff? And, uh, yeah, give us who you are. Well, hey, you know, I'm from Brooklyn, New York, and I'm a career educator. I got a job as a camp counselor back when I was a teenager, teaching young kids how to swim. And what I found is that when they were successful and learned how to swim beyond the paycheck, that intrinsic feeling that every teacher gets when kids learn something, you deliver a lesson and they're successful. I wanted to replicate that the rest of my life. So I directly went to college. I became a a language arts teacher here in Hillsborough County. I, I went to USF. And I worked in our the most challenging middle schools for about 20 years. And then I also worked in high school for five. And it was the greatest, the greatest thing I've ever done. I mean, working with the kids, helping them out just in every capacity as we do and getting that intrinsic reward. I, I felt like, you know, I was stealing money from the district, the very few pennies that they paid us from the district uh, in doing this job because it, it was a very rewarding job. And I, and I loved every single minute of it. Now, growing up in Brooklyn, I was a, you know, a union family. All of my, my family members in whatever role and every job that they had, they were union members. And I was kind of flabbergasted that when I got to Florida, that I wasn't automatically going to be a union member, that I had to go out of my way and actually join the union. But I immediately did that, you know, of course, but, you know, being urged and knowing, you know, the value of unions growing up in Brooklyn. Um, I, I joined the union and quite frankly, as a middle school teacher, I needed the union, at least at that point for protection. I just want to make sure that if ever something happened in the classroom, that they had my back. And I would say that originally that was my first introduction to what a union does is just have my back. And then attending the meetings, seeing the activism, the advocacy for the field, and really the political nature of education that I was underprepared for coming in. You know, I was just trying to be the best English teacher that I could be, getting kids to read and write and learn and, and laugh and all those things that go with it. But I didn't realize, frankly, how, how political this job is. 
So with that, over the years, I became more engaged with the union and became a uh, an executive board member. And for a decade, I was on the board of directors here at the Hillsborough Classroom Teachers Association before I, you know, ran for election for president. And I have the honor of representing, you know, the great educators and support professionals in this district since then. You said something interesting I really liked, which was how how political teaching is. And I can't relate more to anything else you just said than that. It's it's the idea that people come to me and like, oh, I didn't realize this union's so political. And I, I look these people in the face and I say, do you realize what's going on in Tallahassee? Yeah, you know, uh, I'm a, we're a nonpartisan organization. Yeah. I'm an NPA. I mean, I vote for my career. I believe in strong public schools. I vote for strong public schools. And I believe that everybody out there Democrats, Republicans, independents, everybody wants strong public schools. So to me, it shouldn't be as political as it is. It seems logical and obvious what we need and what we want, but yet we have to continue to fight for it. And quite frankly, that's why we need unions. That's why we're here. And that's why all of you guys are doing such a great job. Well, thank you. So speaking of unions doing their jobs, uh, your union did their job recently and you guys had impasse go through for your contract Can you go into what happened why did you guys go into impasse what were you asking for and or what is it what did you get yeah, what is it yeah. to talk to us like we're dumb let's hear it <laughs> well we brought all the ewoks in and we had that party which was amazing <laughs> i mean it was okay. a great time yeah. no but it was truly me the greatest victory the biggest victory we've had in this union hall i mean we've gone to impasse before but we've settled before we've gotten an actual conclusion or an answer from the magistrate so impasse is our ability to sue the district and say, hey, we're not going to take that what you're offering and we need to have a, you know, an independent party come in and rule on this. So it truly is the, the, the nuclear option that we could all unions have, but there are pluses and minuses to doing that, of course. So what were you asking for? Like, why did you go into impasse? So our contract is a little different from most districts. We have our, our contracts work for years of accrued service. So the first year of our contract is level zero because you've had zero years of, of experience. So somebody who's in their 20th year of teaching, they have 19 years of experience. They should be on step 19 on their salary schedule because of that. Well, for the past two years, the district hasn't paid for those steps. They've only offered a monetary supplement or a bonus instead of actually giving those years of experience. So ultimately, that was the premise and the basis of our argument and for impasse. They were giving supplements instead of raises? Supplements instead of raises. Were those That's, being taxed at 22%? They were being taxed as the, it was pensionable. So we, we were able to okay. negotiate it so that way it wasn't taxed at that level. The however is, it still is unacceptable that people weren't getting their years of experience right. for all the work that they've been doing. They've already done it. And by the way, we're not talking about that they're making millions of dollars. They're, they're, everybody in this field is underpaid already. Yeah. So what they were doing, we thought was quite, you know, evil. And on top of that, the, the last few years that they weren't paying you guys for, it's not like inflation has hurt that or anything at all either. <laughs> and here at Hillsborough, we've had one of the highest inflation rates in the country. Yeah. Best in the Bay, baby. Oh, right. boy. I think Tampa, I think Bay, like the Tampa Bay area, it's still at like 11%, isn't it? It's like awful. it's higher than the nation. It's just getting worse too. I don't think we've seen any relief here in Tampa Bay. Now I think about it. So what were you asking for exactly? Really? We were asking for that, which they've already earned their years of experience. We weren't adding extra in there, which we believe everybody deserves. We weren't asking for the moon. We were asking for that, which we'd already agreed to. Mm -hmm. And quite frankly, that was what was being published and shared out there. 
When people were coming in to be hired in this district, they say, hey, if you have 20 years of experience, you'd make this amount of money. But alas, they were not. They were gonna be making two years less than that. So they were lying to people coming into the district. Also a foundational wow. part of our argument. Wow, so what'd you guys win? Well, we got those steps. So right. this is happening right now. Yesterday, all of our employees saw the raise in their paycheck. Yeah. And then in two weeks, they're gonna get the retro that they will have um, that will, from the last two years that they did not yet receive. Wow. So it's a huge victory. And on top of that, we also were able to get in advanced degrees, which have been absent in our, in our contract for years. Like so not at all? They were not in there at all. Wow. So this was negotiated before I was sitting in this seat, but now we're bringing it back. And we feel very, you know, we're proud and, and it's going to take some work. We're yeah. going to make sure that everybody's got their degree, has it on their certificate and doing what needs to be done. But if you have a master's or a specialist or a doctoral degree, you'll be compensated somewhat for it right now. Yeah, we have we have that in Pinellas, but it's like not worth it at all. No. It's like two grand a year two or grand, something. Yeah. Emily, what's it been like for you going through these last two years, like not being paid what you're <laughs> supposed to be paid? Um, it's been great. <laughs> okay, go on. No, um, it's been really hard to explain to a lot of people. Like my whole family's up north, and when I try to explain to them, yeah, you know, I'm still being paid. I'm a, I'm a six year teacher, and you know, I'm at step three. Um, trying to explain that to my family, and they're like, "What is going on down there?" And I was like, "Mom, I have no idea. I'm just gonna try and fight it the best I can. That's why I'm showing up to all these school board meetings. That's why I keep talking and fighting with my union." Um, and I had to talk so many members, um, like new people that came to the school and explain. I had one guy that came to me and he was like, you know, I've been in this for 17 years. Why am I at step 15? And I was like, oh, because you came from a different county and we haven't honored our last two years of service. So they can't honor your last two years of service and trying to explain that and then seeing them get angry. And I was like, hey, come to a union meeting. <laughs> We're doing stuff about it. So it's actually been a good organizing tactic in some ways. A little bit, yeah. Um, as much as it's been not so fun when you know you can barely afford groceries, uh, right. it's uh, it has helped with membership a little bit. Sometimes the victories are just the friends you make along the way. <laughs> yeah, Rob, can you speak on to that? Have you seen any movement as far as membership numbers go? Well, first of all, it breaks my heart when you hear Emily talking about you know teachers that are doing their job and they're just trying to you know bring it to the students and, and to the communities and they can't afford groceries and they can't live in this district with the salaries that they have. That's unconscionable that, you know, this is not the kind of system that we need and want. And I know that the public out there has to understand this and we have to collectively tell Tallahassee that this has to change because quite frankly, that's just fundamentally wrong. Um, around that, yes, it, it, is, it is helping us build membership because people see what the union does beyond negotiating the contract. We have to advocate for this field all the time. Yeah. Things that, you know, we, we're helping in the community. We have food banks across the district. We are doing all different types of uh, community work and outreach uh, because of that's who we are. We always are going to be on the right side of right, and people want to be part of that. And this is a movement now. We're no longer a service union. We are a, a union built of members that want to enact change, and that's what makes me proud, and that's what makes me hopeful. Yeah, I think before we started recording, you had mentioned, I wrote this down, uh, that the union's no longer AAA. I love that. Yeah, we're not. We're not AAA. I mean, we're not going to come out and, and change your tire. But you know what we're going to do? We're going to come out and show you how to change a tire and then show how others to do it because that's really what the movement is. And that, and we're not changing tires. We're making inroads in telling people what's going on in our public schools and how we want to make them better. Because we're going to continue to fight for the schools that our teachers deserve, the support professionals deserve, deserve as well as the students and communities.
You are listening to PCTA's Fire Podcast. I'm Brendan Pickett here with Rob Crete, Philip Belcastro, and Emily Greist. And today we are going to move on to our second segment, which is talking about those pros and cons, right? I think impasse, at least for Pinellas County teachers, it's the boogeyman. People are like, you need to ratify this contract. You don't want to go on impasse. Impasse is the great unknown. You're going to die. Don't do it. Can you talk about that? Like, are there pros? Are there cons? Like, what are we doing here? Absolutely, there are pros and cons. First of all, Everybody should understand that it is an option that we have that we need to maintain as a union. This is one of the rights that Tallahassee would like us to get rid of. They're looking at laws that say, hey, when we get to the negotiating table, give it a finite amount of time. And if we don't agree with the district, then negotiations end and the district automatically gets whatever they are preparing or or proposing. Now, we can't have that. That's not collective bargaining. This is ultimately a weapon, if we want to call it that way, or a tactic that we have to be able to maintain. Now, there are pros and cons. The worst part about it is that it is a glacial process. It takes forever. So it's going to take patience from members to understand like, hey, we're not gonna get paid right now. I mean, our members have waited two years for this, quite frankly, and they're gonna get paid really right before the beginning of the summer for work that they have done for the past two years. So it does take some perseverance, some tenacity, but absolutely, it's going to take patience for everyone to get it done. There's so much weird stuff in teaching that like no other job would tolerate. <laughs> right. <laughs> you said it earlier, like, oh, we have to always like, you know, d- defend and like go to bat for ourselves. I've never had a job like that where you just need to defend your your job. right to do the yeah. job. Like, you know, when I worked for the city, I mean, we, I never had to like constantly be lobbying for parks and recreation to exist or like lobbying for the public's deli to exist. Like I, I should be making sandwiches. I shouldn't have to buy my own bread. Like that's never a thing that's acceptable in other jobs, except for teaching. Apparently, you know, a lot of teachers, when we go through our ratification process, you know, and they, they hate the pay raise we're going to get. Right. I think our last one was actually four and a quarter, which is relatively good compared to what I've seen in the past. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I'm one of those. I still hated it. So. But but it's not good enough, right? It's still not good enough, which is understandable. I mean, you, I don't think you could ever give teachers enough money at this point. Well, my this is backtracking, but my yeah. complaint is that it doesn't it doesn't even meet inflation. Right. It's still a pay cut. It's just how much of a pay cut are you willing to take? Which is a fair critique. But then people will say, well, we're just going to say no to this contract. We're going to say no to what they proposed, and we're going to try out impasse. But I think that's the big boogeyman is that, well, are you willing to wait two years Right. And you have to have that ability. You have to have the members behind it. And quite frankly, what we did is we just put it to a vote of our members. Mm -hmm. What do we want to do here? We understand that it's going to cost us some time. And quite frankly, the money you don't have, you know, Emily's been waiting years to get this money has still has to pay her rent, still has to purchase groceries, but you're not going to have those dollars until we get a solution or resolution with impasse. But the the pro is you, you can win. And that is unbelievable. You know, you could get exactly that, which at least the bare minimum that you deserve. Because I don't want to make it out like this is like a, a boon for the members and our support professionals. It is the bare minimum that they deserve. And it shouldn't come with a fight. Yeah, I know being a rep at the school when we got the impasse decision, one of the other reps is a guidance counselor at my school. And we got the email and all of a sudden my classroom door flies open and she's just standing there like, <laughs> like just this expression of joy. And I start jumping up and down and we're jumping up and down together. And my fourth period class is like, what is happening? <laughs> we're getting paid. Yeah. yeah. And we're I was like, paid. guys, we won. We won the impasse. And they're like, what does that mean? And I was like, yeah, they haven't paid me 
the rate that I deserve to be paid for the last two years. And they're like, what? <laughs> yeah. Why? Yeah. <laughs> Emily, when, when, uh, when you weren't getting paid for those two years, this is a bit of a personal question, but if you're willing to share with the podcast, how much avocado toast did you have to give up Ooh, good to question. make ends meet? It's a good um, question. So <laughs> my grandmother actually scarred me for life about avocados. I don't like them whatsoever at all. So I gave up all the avocado toast that I wasn't huh. eating. Was it possible at all for you to stop going to Starbucks and buying $7 drinks every single day? Was that a, a possibility for you? I'm also going to kill this because I make all my coffee at home. Right. That's, that's the point. That's the point. <laughs> she didn't eat impasse. She was doing great. Yeah. <laughs> for, for all of those. No, I just worked impasse. The lack of money just into my life. For that's all of fine. those public just... service workers who cannot control their budgets, it's easy. Just stop eating avocado toast and buying Starbucks every single day. <laughs> but it's delicious. <laughs> it's delicious. So, going into this idea, like, okay, so there's pros and there's cons of the great unknown. Can we talk about strategy? Because I think that's something that every unionist could hear on this podcast. Like, what were you guys doing in the background while impasse was kind of going on? Well, first of all, you have to create a strong case because you have to, it, it's kind of like law and order. I mean, you, deli- you deliver a case to the magistrate with the district or against the district in almost like a court case. The magistrate takes notes and then gets a prescribed amount of time. Our magistrate took every single second and then some to then come back and make a ruling. The hardest part about that is that even the ruling that the magistrate comes back with is not legally binding. So from there, we need to make sure that the school board is going to vote for it. So on the back end, we make sure that our members are one, supporting that which we're doing. So we went to a vote. Everything should be done through the members. It's a member-driven organization. So once they were on board, we needed them to actually then show up at school board meetings. That was key. We were filling up those school board meetings with union members wearing their union shirts to let them know, hey, we're not going away. And, and Emily was one of those there mm-hmm. every single time. And it was amazing. Yeah, she brought me along. I was going to say, I we didn't. I, I didn't introduce myself to you, but that's where I first saw you and met you. And I said to Emily, I was like, who's that guy? And she's like, that's Rob. I was like, who's Rob? And she's like, well, he's the union president. I was like, oh, that's great. Because you guys really did rally. I remember all the cars honking and mm-hmm. the signs. You guys had signs ready just to hand out to people and T-shirts. And I was like, oh, oh, this works. This is great. We should do this in Pinellas. And we, we, we're getting there. Yeah, yeah. We're we, getting there, it's man. A, it's a copy of a copy, but you yeah. know. I think half of those signs were done by myself and Rob's wife as two of the resident art teachers. Right. <laughs> that but that's in the union. To, to, to play to the strengths of organizing and being member driven, you have to find the members that are good at stuff. So, I mean, I know you are a graphic designer, you design shirts and signs and all that. There are plenty of people in every school district all over the state and the country who are just good at random things. This podcast, I'm, I, before I was a teacher, I went to school for audio engineering. I have a certification in it. So that's, it's just a thing that I'm good at that has no place in the classroom necessarily, but we use it for union stuff. We use it to support teachers. And this, I think, speaks bigger to um, the, the greater thing of member-driven unions. People get this idea in their head that the people that work in the building, they're the ones that make all decisions for us. And it's, that's AAA. not- AAA. Yeah, they're the ones changing the batteries or that's whatever. That's not how it works. Like the members need to be engaged and the union needs to be available to have members be engaged. It's kind of like the circular passion creates passion kind of thing. But yeah, we have to do stuff. Like I got tired of sitting around waiting for right. stuff to happen. So I got off my chair and I, I did something. Mm-hmm. I know one phrase that someone told me at one of the trainings I've been to was like, your union's like a gym membership. Uh, You get out what you put in. And I um, I said that to a member recently that was um, 
on the edge about doing edus, and he was like, you know, I don't, I don't always see what they're doing. I'm like, then come to a meeting, you know, put some, put some effort in, and you'll see how much that we're doing for you. We're, you see how much we're fighting. You see how much you can be involved. Were you fat shaming him? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's one of our football coaches. He's very fit. <laughs> Getting him a gym metaphor. Wait, are, we, are, we, are we pay shaming people again? <laughs> oh, don't pay shame me. <laughs> you know, I always say at our union me- meetings that we're forced to play offense and defense on the field at the same time. Mm-hmm. So where union members and some potential members out there, sometimes they can't quite see what we're doing because we're holding back some of the bad things as we continue to fight for good things. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes it really, really difficult to kind of stop, breathe, pound our chest and say, hey, we did this. No, because it's always going on. Offense and defense all the time. You are listening to PCTA's Fire Podcast. I'm here with Rob Crete, Philip Belcastro, and Emily Greist. Uh, moving into our last segment, though, I kind of wanted to go into the future of education. There's a fun fact for all our listeners. Do you guys know that Hillsborough is the seventh largest school district in the country? Of wow. the 50 states, it is the seventh. Who, who's, <laughs> a, who's ahead of you? Obviously, New York and maybe L.A., uh, we have also uh, Miami Dade here in, in Florida, okay. as well as Broward County. Okay. So those are the so we're the third largest in the state, seventh largest in the country. And I'm sure Chicago's up Chicago, there. Chicago, New York, uh, L.A., and I I think we nailed Tampa. them all. Yeah, right yeah. around there. Yep. That's insane to me. Mm-hmm. But it makes sense if you look at a map, by the way. Yeah, we're <laughs> it's, we're recording this in the HCTA building. This is a, a amazing building. It's an old historic cigar factory, right? It's the most Tampa thing you could possibly see. <laughs> I think. It is. It's a 115-year-old building that, yeah, uh, yeah we have a really uh, interesting union hall. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it looks, I, it, when we pulled up, I said, this looks like the Ghostbusters firehouse. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Rob, I have to ask you then. Since we're in such a large school district, where do you see the future of education in Florida heading? Like, where is Florida heading? Is it meeting the national scene? Like, what are we doing? Well, uh, you know, as I wrote in the the Tampa Times today that, you know, we are funded 43rd of the nation. I promise you that Florida is not 43rd of the nation in revenue creation. Mm -hmm. So we are well behind where we need to be, where we want to be, and where we should be. So I believe we have one way to go, and that is up. I'm actually very optimistic about public education in Florida. Um, we're at a spot right now where people are going to recognize the damage that is being done by the legislature up in Tallahassee. There's no other way because it, when it becomes real for people, when they see the lack of you know professionals that are helping the kids in the classrooms, when they see the underfunding, first you know when they have a front row seat for that, that's when the people are going to act. We are working here out out of our local as well as I know you guys are over in Pinellas talking to the community. When they get involved and they want change, that's what's going to do it. So yes, we are down right now, but we're not down for the count. We're at a spot where we got one one way to move and that's forward. And I believe that we're going to do that. And this was an off mic conversation too, about how basically union members, teachers, I think we can all agree that every teacher likes their union. Yeah. But not every teacher is willing to pay for it because, well, I don't know if people knew this, we don't get paid a lot. Mm -hmm. So it's hard for us to pay those dues. But I think when we're seeing this legislation go through, we're going to see our rights being taken away. We're going to see other uh, school districts real soon have a page for a contract instead of our booklets that we have. I think we're going to see a lot of people start like they're going to think and say, I should probably join that thing that's keeping my rights. You got to see it before you can believe it. People believe in strong public schools and the legislature is doing everything they can to privatize public schools. How do you do that? You get rid of the obstacles. Mm -hmm. Unions are an obstacle. And that's why we are in their crosshairs right now. But in the same contract that we won with Impasse, 98% of the employees in this district have ratified that contract. We need 60% of them to be members of the union to maintain 
that which we do, playing offense and defense for them every day. We believe that they, they will see the value of it here. And we need to make sure that, that we're going to grow this union. We, you know, I feel confident in Hillsborough and help other locals as well. Yeah. Something that you said, Brennan, um, remind you of what Rob said earlier, right? Rob, you're from New York. I'm from New York. Mm-hmm. Our president, Nancy, uh, outgoing, is also from New York. It's a union boss thing. Previous, previous <laughs> president, Gandolfo, who was on the podcast, also from New York. You're from Philly, uh, Emily. So, like, there's so many Northerners who are like, well, yeah, duh, I'm obviously going to join the union. But, like, people who are born and raised in the South and don't yeah. have any experience yeah. with it. We have teachers. This. Yeah, we have teachers at our school who are just like, oh, no, I'm not interested in that. Because, like you just said, People have never seen it. They don't understand what it's there for because if they just view it as AAA, they're they don't know how 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 do you participate in AAA? Like, is the tow truck guy gonna come and you're gonna help him? No, like your that, car has to break down, right? <laughs> and mine has many many times. And because like you just <laughs> said, we don't make a lot of money, and uh, it's and I have to have it towed to a, a junkyard. <laughs> I think I'm the only Yahoo here who's from Florida. So yeah, you're you're a redneck, <laughs> real Florida man. <laughs> But we're all in this together. We're yeah. regardless of where you're from, what your history is. We're all in this together, and, th- and that is the really the message out there. With the, trying to get people to be members, I, I believe in the right to work. I believe that people should have the right to be part of or not part of their union. Mm-hmm. I truly believe that. I believe that everyone should be in the union because I believe that the value is very clear in what we do and how we advocate for the career. And no one got into this to be a millionaire. No, mm-hmm. no one thought that they were going to be, you know, rich beyond their wildest dreams. Yeah. But they should they deserve a living wage. They deserve autonomy to do what's best for the kids and they certainly deserve to be able to, you know, do the job freely as they want and and make money like I said to to live and and be, you know, be creative and do what needs to be done for the students. I was having a conversation with a, a different teacher um, yesterday and it just is, it was an unrelated conversation, an offhanded comment. He says, you know, everybody considers themselves a capitalist, but they don't have any capital. The only capital <laughs> they have is their labor. And he was just like, he was just like, just, just thinking about that out loud. And I was like, yeah, that's <laughs> like, 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 we don't own anything to invest except our time and our labor, which if you're thinking about it from like a union perspective, like, you're that's you have to bind together because it's you and your labor that's the only capital you have versus the people who will just intrinsically want to exploit that maybe not even on purpose just because you know you got to balance checkbooks right so if the only capital you have to protect is yourself and your labor you kind of have to get organized Otherwise, you're just, you know, to use like retail terms, you're just, you're just loss. You're just, you know, retail theft. Where is this taking us? You know, I think about like the, the children's who I think of, and I, you said that they're getting rid of the obstacles. I would argue that the unions are the only thing keeping these schools running and having these children have like a high quality education. It's the union every single time. Where are we going with this legislation? What's going to happen to this state? You know, that remains to be seen. I mean, quite frankly, but I do think that we're going to gain members across the state. Mm. Once again, every time that they've thrown down one of these uh, laws that declare we have to have a certain amount of members, people join the union. Um, And so when they have a knife in their throat, so to speak, metaphorically in the state with, you know, whether you want a union or not, we know that the employees absolutely understand and want their union. So I do think that on the back end, unions become stronger through all of this. And quite frankly, the great job that you guys are doing with a podcast like this is exactly the unionism that we're seeing growing across the state. Yeah. You guys are helping educate the communities and other individuals about what's going on, the reality of it. And that is super helpful. And that's why I love being here today. 
Emily, you do a lot of like on the ground organizing, going to schools and sites. Can you like give us a, a, a perspective on that at all? Um, so recently I was hired on at HCT as a member organizer. Uh, we got a grant through, I think it was NEA, mm-hmm. um, to be able to send uh, union members like myself into schools to help. Uh, right now we're mostly helping transition to EDUs because mm-hmm. uh, through HB 256, we did lose our, or sorry, SB 256. Uh, we did lose our right to have our dues deducted directly from our paycheck, uh, which is just a tactic to try and weaken union membership to get us below that 60% before we recertify in February. So I've been going out to a lot of schools. I'm going to two next week. Uh, I'm going to Hillsborough High on Monday and a middle school I can't pronounce on, <laughs> on um, Wednesday. Um, and those will be actually some of my first schools that I'm going to with um, EDUs in mind. Okay. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I've been doing a lot of EDUs work at my own school, getting everybody transitioned on that. And it's just been a lot of like, it was teacher appreciation week. So every time I was picking up lunch, I was like, Hey, did you get on EDUs? I think you're on my list. Do you need any help? Let me know. I'm in 302. Uh, my AP class has just finished up. So like you can drop by whenever we are winding down. Very cool. Does your, does your particular school have high density? Um, right now, membership. we are at about 58%, which mm-hmm. isn't ideal. Um, we've had a lot of high turnover with teachers at Riverview uh, recently. Yeah. We've had a bunch of changes in administration. Like, this is my fourth year there, and this is my third principal. Oh, wow. So it's been an interesting few years there. But I think if we can get people to stick around for a longer time, I think we'll uh, be able to reach a higher density. Do you think that the, the, the turnover is people leaving the profession or just leaving that school or leaving the state? What do you see just like day to day? I see a lot of, uh, leaving the profession, unfortunately. That's what our data is showing as well. We're seeing people leaving this field all the time for various reasons, but I think we're talking about a lot of them right here today. Yeah. Yeah. Some of us want to join space force. I don't (laughs) don't know who (laughs) could be anybody at this table. Uh, Rod, I don't want to talk about what's going to happen to small locals, you know, because Tampa, Hillsborough County is very large, and I believe your membership's over 60%. Yes, sir. Yeah. There's a lot of locals around us in the Bay Area. I know Pasco County is below 50. My wife's in Pasco County. I mean, people in Sarasota, they're not going to have a union probably. What's going to happen here? Like, what's going to happen to these counties? What's going to happen to these districts? What's going to happen to the, the education profession in these areas? And what's Tampa and Hillsborough County's role in all of this? Well, I'll say, you know, I'm happy to answer that. I, yeah. I, I think that the Senate Bill 256 offers us an opportunity. Okay. And Emily's helping with that. I mean, we are re-engaging members because one, we have to, but it's I'm taking in the angle of lean in. This is an opportunity to relook at the way we do work, how we talk to people about the great work and advocacy that we do. And I believe that every local out there is doing it in their own specific way. So I can't speak to every single small local, medium local, or you know, others in the state, but I believe that each one of them is finding that you know, customized way of touching and finding every member. And I believe that on the back end of this, I'm gonna remain optimistic that we are gonna be a stronger union and a stronger public school system for going through this because the reality of it, when it hits the communities, when it hits the parents, and certainly when it hits the students, that's what's gonna move people to make the changes that need to be done. I know I've seen more parent involvement at Riverview. I know um, not this year, but last year, my AP art history kids all walked in one day and they're like, Ms. G, you're not going to quit, are you? And I was like, what? <laughs> Why do you think that? They're like, we just lost our third AP teacher. Um, they're like, if you're going to quit, at least stick around until the exam. And I'm like, guys, I'm not going anywhere. Uh, but this year, we've actually seen an uptick in the PTA. 
Not so cool. we've seen the PTA become a lot more active. We're seeing a lot more parents become involved in school business. That's good. Um, and in a positive way, yeah. not just showing up to oh. school board meetings and like right. ban books. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is a community effort. It's not just a teacher effort. That's what me and Philip kind of go out this way. This, you're not going to win forever. this with just teachers. You no. have to have the entire community behind you as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But I think with that, we're going to take a small break. And when we get back, we're going to do our base towards guys. So stick around. Hello there. If you support the podcast, you can now donate directly to us from the link in the description. You can donate 99 cents, 4.99, or 9.99 monthly. Your donation can help get me, Aziz, off the streets. Well, unfortunately, Aziz will always be on the streets. He yearns for the streets. But your support will go towards producing high-quality episodes just like the one you're listening to right now. Your support helps us keep gas in the tank, food on our tables, and our classrooms full of pencils and paper. We all know edumacators all over America are undervalued and underpaid. Help us, mooks like me, continue to bring recognition and a voice to education professionals. Hey guys, it's Brennan. One of my goals moving into this podcast project was to have the voices of our listeners play an active role in sharing our message that Union's public schools, well, they're not going anywhere without a fight. And as we dive deeper into the themes of public education, teachers' unions, and political activism, we want to hear from you, our listeners. If you're a teacher, parent, even a member of the community, we extend an open invitation for you to send us a voice recording with your name, occupation, and why you're sticking with the union during these politically turbulent times. We love to play these recordings at the beginning of our episodes and share your thoughts with our listeners. You can send these recordings to PCTA Fire, that's F Y R E pod at gmail.com. Additionally, we encourage you to write to your representative and advocate for teachers' unions and public education. You can easily locate your representative by visiting www.myfloridahouse.gov forward slash find your representative. Your voice can make a difference in supporting education and the future of our students. So take a moment to send us a voice clip and write to your representative. Let's work together to positively impact education for all. And we're back. So to start us off, we're going to do our base awards. Philip El Castro, what do you got for us today? Uh, my base award it's, it was my last episode with a union present also about a strike. <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to say? Well, I don't. <laughs> um, in case you haven't been watching the news, and who knows when this episode is going to go out at this point, but the Writers Guild of America, everybody who writes in Hollywood for movies and TV right now, um, and late night shows, they're all on strike. They've stopped writing content basically amazing um yeah so this has happened before this is not unprecedented i think it happened they said 15 years ago 15 13 years ago i remember it in my yeah. lifetime oh and yeah aren't they only fighting for like three percent it's like not a lot yeah it's- and part of what's happening is i you know there's maybe a bit of a parallel between them and teachers right now is they're fighting against artificial intelligence and like streaming services and basically losing their profession to this over-reliance on technology it's not to say that you know ai and streaming and uh for us like digital learning platforms don't have a place in the in the in the job because they do i mean we just need to learn how to use them correctly and most effectively but the writers guild of america they they have it in their contract um 
that they they wanted to have like special things in that uh, writers' rooms will not just be devoted to AI, where somebody has to come in and just like tweak stuff. Um, so they obviously want to protect their jobs. And what the uh, what the um, the industry responded back with was like, let's just uh, let's have a meeting about it. Let's let's not enforce anything, and we'll just uh, we'll just chat about it once a year. So they they have a lot of stuff going on, um, and maybe by the time this episode airs, uh, you'll have noticed that all of your late night TV shows are just dead air, <laughs> or, that, or that you're just watching a lot of reality TV because this has happened before. And Conan would sit on TV just doing nothing, and he would just be like talking to the band for an hour every night. <laughs> And he and some people like Conan, they paid their staff and made sure people were taken care of. I think Jimmy Fallon just got publicly shamed into paying his staff and their health care because it's not just the writers. You know, when these shows shut down, that's all your lighting people, your catering, your gaffers, your camera people, like all of those people, they just don't have jobs anymore. So yeah. it's pretty, it is pretty based that is they, pretty based. they're shutting down Hollywood to get like the most minimum of respect. <laughs> yeah. And, and shout out to Dan Harmon. He's one of my podcast influences. He's on strike. So yeah, there's I a just, lot of people that you, him. you know, these people that we watch for, for content and entertainment, you don't realize that they are part of the writer's guild, that they, they are writers and they are in solidarity. They're shutting their shows down. They're stopping acting and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so it's pretty cool. So my based award has nothing to do with education whatsoever at all. Um, it is that in 42 days, I will be flying over to Europe. I have been saving for this for a really long time. Um, and I'm going to get to go see a lot of the pieces I teach in AP Art History. Like I'm going to go get to see the Pantheon and the Parthenon cool. and a whole bunch of these uh, Italian churches that I teach. And I'm really, really excited about it because... I'm a huge art history nerd, and getting to see all that stuff in person is going to be absolutely incredible. Are you going to see that band statue? You know, yeah. with the dentelia. You can go look at pornogra- pornographic yeah. art in, in Italy. I'm, I'm from Florida. I don't know what that is. What's yeah. it called? Uh, the statue of David. Oh, uh, I'm one. not going to Florence, <laughs> but I am going to go see one of the uh, raunchiest pieces I teach in AP Ooh. Art History. It's called The Ecstasy of St. Teresa. Okay. And it is this woman whose love of uh, Jesus is so great that she just has an orgasm about it. Um, <laughs> huh. Hmm. I'll show you the piece well, in... <laughs> Yeah. Describe it in great detail for our (laughs) listeners. She had an orgasm from Jesus. Oh, well, uh, so there's an angel that flies down and then, um, she, he stabs her in the heart with a flaming arrow and she is so filled with the love of God Uh, that that's pretty metal. That's pretty metal. I like that. That is pretty metal. (laughs) So I'm very excited to go see that piece in person because it freaks the kids out every year. Um, which is one of my favorite days. Where are all those Georgia O'Keeffe flowers at? They're everywhere. (laughs) All right, so my base award is this is the first year of my career I've been having so many students, seniors, come up to me and asking to sign their yearbook, and I'm very humbled and honored. Is this the first year they, they know how to read the book? Is that why? <laughs> I finally got on the teach. I taught them to read the yearbook. <laughs> no, it's just I, I, it's weird. I have, I've been teaching for six years now in, at, in Pinellas County, and this is the first year Like people are like bombarding me, like, hey, sign my yearbook. I'm like, really? So I have this stamp. Because <laughs> I'm a stamp guy, so when I, when I do I do notebooks every day, we have to write something in our notebooks, and I always stamp it for completion, whatever. And I count it at the end of the quarter. Um, I have a special stamp I just ordered. It's going to say Brennan Pickett, my name. All right, below that, English teacher. Below that, overall cool guy. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be my my yearbook stamp and my signature stamp for any TDEs. I'm just gonna, oh, that's boom. a good one. Yeah. <laughs> do you guys have that here in Hillsborough? Oh these God. like these endless forms for 
that children just bombard you with during your lessons for the, to sign that they can go take their AP exams. They could go on. It's like not field trip stuff. It's just like normal, regular school functions. It's bureaucracy at its finest. It never stops. Sounds no, we like have fun. None of that. No, <laughs> no. Yeah, we have to find sign these endless forms, and yeah. it makes me want to pull all my hair out. You guys also have digital referrals too, right? Like, yeah, we do. We do. Yeah, but Pinellas County is in the Stone Age still. We are so we'll, far We'll behind. catch up eventually. Yeah. <laughs> Every time something I think is like kind of maybe a little bit cool, I realize like, oh no, that's ancient. <laughs> <laughs> so Rob, what's your base award? You know, uh, my award's going to go to what we're creating here in Hillsborough. We have a Hillsborough Education Justice Alliance that we're putting together with our community partners. Uh, I'm pretty proud about this uh, in- endeavor and, and the work that's going to be done. We're really bringing all of our community partners together here to have a conversation about what's going on out there in our schools. We want to hear from the community. We want to know what their hot topic items are and how we could all kind of organize together. There'll be a piece of this meeting, which is going to happen right here on May 16th, of talking about the legislative session and really the consequences of. uh, But really, we want to hear from the community. What can we do for them and collectively kind of move some of this work and talk to, you know, the school board, the legislators, everyone out there. So that way we're all in this together. And I think that that's going to really um, show everyone really what's happening out there and uh, educating people. I think it's a very important part. I think Philip and I both agree that um, what you guys are doing in Hillsborough is amazing. Yeah. Thank like, you. We're, we're jealous. We are. We're yeah. genuinely <laughs> jealous. We, we are super supportive of what you guys are doing. And it's amazing. Just looking from an outside perspective of what unions should do. It's yeah. Hats off to you guys. We're not jealous of you not getting pay raises for two years, but right. no. <laughs> some of the organizing tactics are great. Yeah. Everybody's underpaid in this field. We do yeah. great work. We do uh, so much with so little. Yeah. Um, and uh, I appreciate you guys. You guys are amazing with what you, even this, I think, is an important element in activism and getting people un- to understand the challenges that we're all dealing with every single day. Yeah. Well, you know, when NEA comes around, you want NEA? Yes, sir. All right. When NEA comes around, we're going to be there with our podcast equipment. We'd love to have you on back then, too. Anytime. All right. Well, thanks, guys, for listening to the PCA's Fire Podcast. I'm Brennan. I'm Rob. I'm Philip. I'm Emily. See you guys. Have a great Green Devil day. That's right. <laughs>Summer is on the horizon, but we would still like to remind our listeners that the school board will continue to meet on May 9th, June 27th, and July 11th at 10 a.m., as well as June 13th at 5 p.m. You might be thinking, gee, that's a lot of early meeting times. But this is definitely the norm here in Pinellas. Help us by going out and speaking against this to have the school board conduct its business when the working public is free to voice their concerns. It's vital for teachers, parents, and community members to attend these meetings and advocate for public education. Your voice and presence can play a significant role in shaping the future of education and improving our community. A special thank you to Philip Bel Castro for providing our theme music and Artifact for adding some great tracks into our intermissions. If you haven't already, be sure to check out Artifact's music at artifactjoints.bandcamp.com. We also want to express our gratitude to... Radio St. Pete for airing our podcasts, Jamie Beck, Brian Bowden, Nancy Villardi, Lee Bryant, and all of our supporters from the education community, as well as our new monthly listener, Jacob Albert. Your support and dedication has been instrumental into getting the word out and reaching new listeners. That's all for today. I'm Brennan Pickett. Have a great day, guys.